Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. So we are in book of Psalm 33. We are turning to Psalm 33 this morning. Now, before we get there, how many of you here are either fans or casual observers of football? Three of you. Excellent. Anybody know what the Super Bowl is? All right. Those of you that know what the Super Bowl is, you are casual observers. So you're supposed to raise your hands. So we'll do, let's do this again. How many of you are fans or casual observers of football? Most of you. Great. That means this illustration is going to work. Excellent. I didn't waste my whole week. Good. Um, back in 2017, during the Super Bowl, it was the Patriots versus the Falcons. Am I right? Anybody remember that? Well, some of you who are not fans of the Patriots were having the time of your life during that game because we got down, we were in the third quarter, we were halfway through the third quarter, and it was like 28-3. to The Patriots had three points and the Falcons had 28 points. Now, I'm not going to go into how all the points and everything work with football because honestly, it doesn't make sense. Okay, um, but they were losing and they were losing bad. And they, the announcers kept saying throughout the game, no game in no no Super Bowl game has there ever been such a gap where the losing team has come back from. They were saying quite clearly that because of this size of gap, there was no way for the Falcons to lose. There was no way that the Patriots could come back and win this. No one had ever done that before. The game was essentially over. They had no time to win this thing. 28-3, to halfway through the third quarter. It was hopeless for the Patriots. And a good many of fans out there were like, Yes! And others of you started to cry. Well, the feeling of hopelessness that came over the fans of the Patriots is a feeling that I think we can all relate to and have been able to relate to at different points in our lives. That feeling of hopelessness, that feeling that the game is lost, that feeling that we have gone so far and the the odds are stacked in such a way that there is no way for us to be able to get out of this. We have so much debt that there is no way that we're going to be able to get out of this debt. There's no way that you can make enough money to pay off the debt that you owe and balance things out and still get out of this. It's hopeless. You look at your family and you say, you know what, I'm at this age where I'm not going to be able to have a family or I'm at this age where I can't make the changes I want to make to restart my life and have the family that I want or have it the way I want. And you look at it and you go, there is no way that this is going to happen. There's nothing I can do to change this. This is hopeless. You look at your career. You look at your health. Your kids, 
You look at politics and the economy. You look at your bad habits. The addictions that have a hold of you. You look at your mistakes, your past, the stress that's on you, the pressure that you face. And you're doing the math on it. You're like, there's no way out of this. There's no way I can beat this. This situation is hopeless. I am trapped in this scenario. I am trapped. I cannot save my kids. I cannot avoid this illness. I cannot get out of this debt. I cannot handle this pressure. I am trapped. These addictions have a hold of me and I cannot beat them. I am hopeless. Well, this is what it says in Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth Fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere Him. For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. His purposes, the purposes of His heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in His unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope. For the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now, there's some stuff in there. The psalmist talks about the pressures of the world, and he talks about 
how we sometimes want to lean into things that really can't save, but the one that can save is the one that he who has created the earth, the one who spoke things into the existence, the one who does not fail. And we know that his word follows through because when we look at the life of Jesus, we see Jesus who came, became a man, and lived a life without sin. He was tempted in all the ways that we were tempted, have been tempted, will be tempted. He was tempted in those ways, and he still did not sin. In a situation that seemed hopeless, like every other human who has faced temptation and given in, Jesus faced that temptation, and it was not hopeless. He beat it. Jesus was actually murdered. And wouldn't stay dead. Death? Hopeless? Nope. Beat it. He forgave sins. Healed lifelong ailments. God created with his breath. When God is on your team, the situation ain't hopeless. When Jesus is on your team, you are never hopeless. When your hope is in Jesus, you are actually never hopeless. Let's jump back to football. If you remember that game back in 2017, and I am not a football fan. I am one of those casual observers. I was over at somebody else's house watching this, and I'm like, why are we still watching this? I'm ready to go home because the situation is hopeless. They are saying this game is over. There's no way they can come back. Well, you know what? In that moment, people were giving up. But the Patriots knew something that the rest of us didn't. For some reason, they looked at their coach or they looked at their players and said, you know what, we're not done yet. I imagine some of them on their team said, you know what, we got Brady, and as long as we got Brady, this isn't hopeless. And the craziest thing happened, and you have your opinions on Brady, if you're a football fan. Whether he deflated the footballs or if he's just playing off of somebody else's talents, whatever. It doesn't matter. For this story, we're just going to say he's good, okay? <laughs> Somehow, they managed to tie that football game. Take it to overtime and win it. Patriots, I imagine, now, I imagine they were thinking, you know what, as long as we've got Brady, this is not hopeless. As long as Brady's on our team, this is not hopeless. And you know what, they didn't give up, they didn't stop, they didn't give in, they kept going, and they came back to win it. They came back to beat it. Now, you and I all know that football players can't save you. We all know that football players, they fail. They will eventually fail. 
Armies will fail, horses will fail, resources will fail, money will fail, connections and reputation will eventually fail. But Jesus will not. And we look at these situations in our lives, and it is this overwhelming feeling of hopelessness. And some of you, some of you are in that right now, and some of you have someone in your life that's in there, and some of you have just seen glimpses of it, but you know what I'm talking about. When you are struggling with a temptation, you are struggling with an addiction, you are tr- struggling with finances or family, your family is falling apart, There's the people are doing things that you never, never thought they would ever do, you don't know how to save them, you don't know how to bring them back, you don't know what to do with the situation, you don't know how to change the direction of things, you don't know what's happening to work, you don't know if you're going to be able to go to work, you don't know where your job is, you don't know what's going on with the economy, whether you're going to be able to retire, you don't know any of this and you have this overwhelming feeling that the dark is just coming in and you are going to be trapped and defeated and that you are hopeless. And that consumes everything in you. But I'm here today to tell you as long as as long as Jesus is on your team the situation is never hopeless. Like the Patriots in that football game, they had they had Brady. As long as they had Brady, they weren't going to quit. They weren't going to be defeated. They were going to come back and they were going to beat this. Brady's just a stupid football player. He throws a ball around for a living. You have the Creator of the universe on your team. Beat sin. Refused. Just because. Just because his own will refused to stay dead. As long as your hope is in Jesus, I don't care how dark it gets. Your hope is in Jesus. You are never hopeless. Back. My first year here, we were looking at the finances of the church and they kept going down and down and down and down. And I've told this story a few times. Some of you may remember it. That first year, we were getting... Closer and closer to running out of money in this church. And uh, I felt very clearly the Lord say, you just gotta you just gotta leave it. Don't freak out, don't freak the people out, you just leave it. You watch. And come around to December, and at that point the treasurer was sending me the weekly giving to keep me updated. And one Sunday, one Sunday evening, I get this email from the treasurer with the amount. And I emailed her back and was like, I think you added a zero to that amount. Did you mean this much money? 
And she very quickly emailed me back and said, nope, that's the actual amount that was given on Sunday. That bumped us up to exactly where we needed to be, and we have never been behind since. Next year, a year after, I think it was just after we had John, I was driving through town, my car was making a weird noise, and I got to the intersection by the fire station, and my car would run, but it wouldn't go anywhere. (laughs) And here I am, stuck at the intersection, And I'm flagging cars to go around me, and I've got to call somebody and be like, I'm stuck in this intersection. The clutch had gone in the car. And I'm thinking, I got, is this going to cost me $3,000 on a car that's worth $3,000? What am I supposed to do? How am I going to get this fixed? How am I figuring this out? What am I supposed to do with this? Well, a couple guys showed up. He started waving cars, cop car showed up and made sure that nobody hit us and we got it out of the intersection, got it to a safe place. I called around to some places, finding a place that's going to replace the clutch on this car is going to be a pain. I thought I might have to cart it, like ship it to Moncton to get it fixed. And then a couple guys from this church said, you know what, you get the parts and we'll fix it. So I got the parts, and they fixed it. I didn't know what we were going to do. I thought it was hopeless. Jesus made a way. Even with John and with Ben... We weren't sure we were going to be able to have kids. There were quite a few dark times and dark conversations Heidi and I had where it was feeling pretty overwhelming. Obviously, you know how that worked out because you all are paying more attention to him than me. He's so cute. What about me? Even a few years ago, when I was really struggling with anxiety and even panic attacks, I had tried things, I had tried praying about it, I tried going through scriptures and remembering passages and all these things, and it felt like I would be okay for a little while, and then it would hit me again, and I was powerless, and I felt like I was, felt like it was hopeless, I was going to be dealing with this forever I didn't know what to do and then the Lord said you know what these are the two steps I want you to take and I was terrified of taking those steps it required me confessing some things to certain people getting things off my chest and risking consequences and we've talked about that before here 
and I did it. And instead of having these horrible consequences, having these people be angry at me or, or violent towards me or destroying me, they, they responded with grace and validation. And it turns out that I had been allowing the enemy to hold that over me for years when he had no right to hold it over me. And because I was obedient to that and I followed through, the anxiety and the panic attacks went away because there was nothing left for them to hold on to. If your hope is in Jesus, there is no situation that is too dark, so heavy, so long-lasting, so deeply ingrained, so complicated that you are without hope. If your hope is in Jesus, you are never hopeless. Because you got Brady on your team. Because you got Jesus on your team. And nothing, nothing beats him. And so if you're on his team, if your hope is in Jesus, you are never hopeless. So what do you do? How do you, how do you grab that? Number one, spend time in the Word. Spend time reading your Bible, and that will tell you and tell your brain and tell your heart over and over and over again that Jesus does not get defeated. And you've got to remind yourself of that, and you've got to read it, and you've got to read the stories about how he wins time after time after time. You've got to be in the Word. Second thing is do not put your hope in false gods. Do not hope in your money. Do not hope in your parents. Do not hope in your brother or your sister. Do not hope in the church. Do not hope in technology or the government or healthcare or politics or the economy or your car or your neighbor. Do not put your hope in any of those things. You put your hope in Jesus. Amen. And you follow his lead and he will use people and opportunities and resources and put them in place at the right place at the right time. But you put your hope in Jesus. Number three, you write down your victories. Write down your victories. So every time that Jesus comes through, you write it down. You stick it in a notebook, you put it on a post-it note, and you slap that thing on your fridge. I don't care what it is. You write down the victories because you need to remember the facts the factual events of your life that say, that declare, that Jesus has declared to you. You remember that football game we were in last year? I won that. Don't you dare say that I can't win another one. And you need those reminders. So write down those victories. Lastly, don't give up. 
You're not going to win the game if you stop playing the game. Jesus can win it. He's beating everything else. He wants the victory, but you got to stay in the game. Don't give up. And you got no reason to give up. Because if your hope is in Jesus, you are never hopeless. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.